Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, July 12th. Time for Destination Health. Lauren is here with me. We're going to open the phone lines right now, so jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. We'll get to your calls here in just a little bit. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. How was your... uh Fourth of July week last week. Oh, yeah. It was uh, the long weekend was wonderful. I needed that. I took four days off. It wasn't enough. I could use four more or maybe 40 more. I don't know. Um, I've gotten myself (laughs) to this place again. I was biohacking and messing around with HRV and I got it down really low. Not a good thing. And uh, it can be really tough to get out of that place. But it helps me understand when people are so stressed, even the stress protocol won't work if you if you can't manage it right. So, you know, I talked about in the beginning, all the strategies are trying to get away from stress and it doesn't really work. So then we develop Mm -hmm. these strategies to build our stress muscle. The problem is if you get too far down this hole, even those strategies can make things worse. So you got to find this balance and it's really hard. I'm struggling with it right now. Find this balance of just pure rest. You just can't do much. And you've got to give your body a a chance to kind of recover. Then, and and I'm getting ready to start this phase, go back into the stress protocol. I stopped doing it for a couple months because I was testing other things and I didn't want that interfering. And then when I tried doing Mm -hmm. it again, things actually got worse. And I, that was shocking. I've been through this several times in the last couple of years, but I had never really allowed myself to get back to this point again. And so you, you got to find the balance between rest until, and I, I, the watch is the only way I can measure this. If I don't use the data on the watch, I'm, I'm never sure which day I should be working out, but you got to let mm. your body recover and and we can watch body battery if it's under 50 forget it that that should just be mostly a rest day Um, the problem is life interferes it's hard to just rest and not do anything it really is it is especially if you're working you know yeah you you have to get on the road yeah it's, it's very difficult to find that balance yeah so i'm trying to find some you know, hacks and tricks to make this work better or easier. So um, ironically, I'm saying I need to rest more and I just took on a new project, sort of. I didn't want to get too deep into this, but I started reading and then I got interested. Um, You've brought this up several times. I've kind of avoided it because I don't really understand it. And it's the issue of EMFs. Yeah. I, I have really kind of avoided this. You've brought it up a couple times. You've worked on this. You've talked about it. And I just kept avoiding it for a couple of reasons. One, I don't understand it and I needed to. But two, I had this feeling like, well, I can't eliminate them completely. It's, it's impossible. So I just was kind of ignoring it. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Uh, I can't ignore this. I got one of the things I've never read or heard or really heard anybody talk about what what is the damage done by emfs what's the problem what is it causing why are they bad there's that why again i i have no idea 
you know, we know why grains are bad for you. We know that the body reacts poorly to proteins and we know why too much omega-6 is bad for you. It causes inflammatory responses. We know why vitamin D is so critical. We know all the mechanisms. And once I know that, then things start to make sense for me. And I don't know why I didn't just go try to figure this out, but I just, I was actually working on something else. I was, and I came across this article and it explained what the damage is that's caused by EMFs. And I'm surprised that I never see this anywhere. So mm -hmm. this gets down to mitochondria, which is really, really yeah. critical for our health, our lifespan, our energy levels, everything. This is the mitochondria uh, in our cells. What happens, yeah. and, and cells are so complicated. This is another one of those topics that you can totally geek out on just one single cell. What's happening? <laughs> so it turns out, our cells have little doors and gateways. And, and we've even, we talk about this a lot. This is insulin, right? Each cell has insulin receptors that kind of open a door and allow sugar into the cell, right? That's kind of what insulin does. Yep. And if we abuse those by eating too much sugar and releasing too much insulin all the time, we start to become insulin resistant and then that cell won't respond anymore. So that's just an idea of how cells can work. They, they have little gateways that can open up or close. And there's lots of them. There's a lot going on in a cell. Turns out that those gateways are opened by or closed by or controlled by, guess what? Electrocurrents, right? Yes. Yes. Electric currents. <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny electric currents. Like ridiculously small, but it is still an electrical current opening and closing those gateways. Well, what are EMFs? Electrical currents. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is a big problem. And it turns out... It's a huge problem. It turns out this is also tied into our mineral balance, which we talk about a lot and how important it is and why we supplement things like magnesium and potassium because we can't get enough of it in our diet to make these things function properly. We supplement and then it works better. Well, it turns out what's happening in the cell is this electrical voltage from EMFs can open that gateway and the gateway they're opening is the calcium channel into the cell. The cell gets flooded with too much calcium and dies. That's bad. Oh. That's a good explanation. This article must have been great. It really was. It was a Mercola article. He interviewed this guy that, I mean, this is all the guy has studied forever. Uh, his name's Martin Paul. Mm -hmm. And he, it was just really well explained. That was what was, you know, what was going on. He, this is just one of those guys that this is like his life's work. This is what he's focused on. Um, yeah. I think he's been studying this for like 25 years. But what happens, again, it's allowing abnormally large volumes of calcium ions into the cells. Listen to the, these numbers make me crazy. About 1 million ions per second per channel. Oh, wow. Isn't that bizarre? That is. So, wow. Yeah. So 
Then what happens is that this, this is where it gets crazy. Our superoxide levels rise to try to counteract this. And then we get this cascade of uh, chemical reactions that just isn't good. Um, now, if you're exposed to EMFs and you have mineral balances like almost everybody, the damage is even worse. So one and part of, you know, why I wanted to why I should have been researching this was to try to find some solutions, anything that might help. My approach was like, well, we can't eliminate them completely. So what are we going to do? Well, one, we could minimize them. That helps. And then two, we can make sure we stay in mineral balance. You know, we talk about it all the time. Uh, This is the one supplement, vitamin D and minerals. Those are daily for me. I don't skip those because the results are so good. And it just doesn't matter how clean I eat, I still have to supplement minerals. And this may be a big part of why you can feel the difference. Like I said, mitochondria in our cells are responsible for us moving around all day. That's where our energy comes from. So now, you know, it really the advice we've always given, supplement minerals, that kind of thing. Uh, Fatty acid has... uh, a role in this. So more omega-3, less omega-6. So nutritionally, even though we haven't addressed this topic directly, our advice was right on anyway. The the stuff we've been saying to do is the stuff you should be doing for this should be um, supplementing the magnesium and the potassium every day. And now I'm taking multiple forms. You know, I take one magnesium in the morning, I take another magnesium in the evening. Magnesium seems to be another key. Almost everybody seems to be deficient in multiple forms of magnesium. Agreed. So while I was talking, wow. So, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just really impressed, and I know I did you know see that Mercola had mentioned something about it. He also wrote a book a few years ago called EMF, and oh. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna order it. Now I, I'm, I'm finally. Who wrote you know, that one? I, I'm ready to order it so that we can talk about this in more depth together. Who wrote that book? It's called Dr. Mercola did. I don't know how I missed that one. I'm going to go get that one today and maybe find some time to start reading that one. Since I'm in, kind of into this right now, uh, here's something else interesting. Again, even though we didn't understand the topic, we were on the right strategies. So here's a quote from this doctor. Strategies that may help reduce the harmful effects of EMF include optimizing your magnesium level, certain NRF2 boosting foods, exercise calorie restriction, and listen to this one, strategies that boost nitric oxide signaling. What's the other daily supplement we talk about all the time? And what does it do? Cardio miracle. It (laughs) boosts nitric oxide signaling. That's the whole point of cardio miracle. Every nutrient in there was designed to support nitric oxide signaling. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You're on the right track. (laughs) Yeah. So now, you know, strategies really paying attention. Uh, would it be possible to shut down my Wi-Fi every night? I mean, it, of course it's possible. Um, certainly causes some issues with things around the house. I, you know, I, the other thing I got thinking of, and I'm I'm good at this. I don't carry my phone around. Uh, very seldom do That's I have great. my phone with me. 
um, unless I leave the house. But even then, it goes in the car. I try not to keep it in my pocket very often or near my body. Um, I don't use wireless earbuds. I, I gave those up a long time ago. If I'm going to use a headset, even when I do, you know, my new setup for Twitter Spaces includes a new headset that I finally got to attach to my phone and work. And I, the first time I tried it, I got a compliment from somebody just totally unrelated to anything. I don't think they're a regular listener on the show, but they were in that Twitter space. The comment was, they wanted to know what my mic setup was because they said it was the best audio they had ever heard on Spaces. I think maybe I finally, yeah, I know. I think maybe I finally got it right. But it is a wired headset. I, I will not use wireless. I mean, that's right by your brain. That's really not a good idea. It's not. So that, you know, minimizing it. Think about your phone. Most people are walking around with their phone near on their body somewhere. There's actually three different EMF signals coming through that phone most of the time. There's the cell signal itself, which is EMF. And most people usually have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth turned on on their phones. That's three totally different signals. Yeah, it really is. And I use um, I use earphones that are specifically designed to protect. Oh, nice. From, you um, know, the, yeah, the I'm going to start researching more products like this for shielding and that kind of thing. We may even end up with, you know, something new in the store. Who knows? But just think about, you know, let's tie this into one of our big topics, low population, low testosterone, hormones messed up. We're carrying these things in our pocket. right near our sex organs that produce all the sex hormones that we're having problems with. I wonder if there's a correlation. Yeah. Right. They claim that there is. Some people do. I believe there is. I believe now that I understand that this is affecting the mitochondria of our cells that, yeah, this is pretty critical. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I, I've heard a lot about, sometimes maybe I should just stay ignorant. Now that I know this, now I'm I'm off on another crusade. Like I was, you know, I keep saying I was going to take a break from projects for a while, but this one's got me interested now. This is a huge one right now. You know, they've been putting up these 5G towers all over the place. And I haven't done the deep dive into it, but the EMF book that Mercola wrote does talk about 5G because it says it right on the front cover. And they're putting these up on on, on schools, a lot of <laughs> most of the schools now, Jeez. you'll see they're, you know, so, you know, talk about learning disabilities and having these kids, you know, affected by this. Yeah. They're putting them up all over the place on water towers. I've yet to pass a water tower in the past two years that does not have an EMF tower attached to it. Like EMF, you know, whatever they are, little satellite things. And, you know, that it changes the structure of the water as well. Exactly. That that whole, there's another topic, water structure. Uh, There's something there that I've touched on here and there. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have a few things to help mitigate um, EMF. I haven't done huge, huge deep dives into it, but now that you're into it, I'm totally committed to doing that. And I have several stones that supposedly absorb as well as reflect 
um, radiation and they are shungite. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's a black stone. It's kind of like charcoal. It, it, you know, it can get on your clothes and rub off, but shungite is supposed to be a good one. And I have, I keep one on my desk, a little shungite pyramid. And then I have one in my bedroom as well. And, and I don't know how great some of these products are, but a few years ago, I invested in a device called the Soma Vedic, and it's supposed to use um, energy from precious and semi-precious stones to create a coherent field that covers, you know, like a couple thousand square feet. So I keep that in the house and, you know, I, I just it's hard to say, you know, exactly if it works or not, but there are some biohackers that I follow that swear by it. So I've been doing what I can. I could be doing better. Like you said, probably the best thing you can do is to protect where you sleep. And so making sure that, you know, you either sleep in like a Faraday cage, which is a little excessive, or if you are able to turn off the, the, you know, the, the Wi-Fi at night. Um, A lot of people power that off while they're sleeping and things of that nature. You know, if I didn't have 37 projects already behind, I think there could potentially be a market for, I'm just going to call it a sleep pod, some sort of sleeping mm. arrangement, simple, it can't be too complicated, can't be too expensive, but but that kind of helps us with all these sleep issues like light and sound and temperature. We know sleep hygiene is big. And then if you're going to do something like this, then it should also be shielding from these EMFs. That that would be, and it should be shielding and grounding. Let's think about this. How many advantages we could create with a product like this? Exactly. Just have to figure out how. What it's does it look like? Is it some sort of a yeah, tent it's, it's that goes how. over your bed, or what would it be? But there, there's. They have those. Well, have, yeah, maybe I should um, go look and see what's out there already. Yeah, they they definitely have a bunch of different you know products out there. Um, they have a paint that if you wanted to paint your wall, then you could shield. The thing, the problem with that, with the paint, is that if you have a lot of windows, it's not, it's not going to help. Um, so they actually have, you know, some people put um, like nets around or canopies around their bed. Yeah. They actually have things like that that are Faraday style shields. Interesting. So there are options out there. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. look at that. Sure probably. What I, what I'm going to like guess is that thought, these types of shields have only addressed the EMFs, which is important. But if we're if we're going to go to this yeah. trouble and put some sort of shield or surrounding around our bed, why not work on some of these other sleep hygiene issues too? Oh, I agree. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so, there 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 are things to do. There's plenty to do. There's plenty of information out there. I just haven't gone down that rabbit hole because I know it is a deep one. (laughs) It is. And it looks like I've started down it. So I might as well follow it instead of trying to climb out. So I'll just try to be a little more. I'll try to be a little more patient. I don't need to learn all of this in a week. Uh, So but I'll start. In fact, I think I'm going to read that book. Start on that today. EMF'd. So while I was going through that, I ran across something else on Mercola, 
that I found interesting because it's something we just started working on and talking about recently, and it was copper and iron. So mm. another, he interviewed another doctor that had really, really focused on iron deficiencies and iron overloads. We all seem to have some sort of an issue with iron. We either, people either don't have enough or they have too much. One of the problems is we're testing wrong. That came through very clear in a lot of these articles. Iron testing is really difficult. We might show up low in the blood, which is the only place we test, and we could be iron in iron overload in our cells and our tissues. Interesting. And then what doctor what would a doctor do if he measures iron and there's a deficiency? He prescribes iron. Oh, they, and it they, makes the problem yeah, worse. Exactly. Yeah. Turns out that iron we should ignore iron and we should focus on copper. Copper is what determines where the iron is going to go. Kind of like, you know, we, we talk about all the cofactors for calcium, right? We, people think they're deficient in calcium, then they start taking calcium supplements and it gets worse. They were never deficient. They just had calcium in all the wrong places because they don't have the other mineral cofactors. We're back to minerals again. So you get the mm -hmm. right mineral cofactors and all of a sudden, your calcium goes where it belongs and your bones are stronger and we don't have kidney stones and gallstones and we don't have calcification of the arteries. And same thing here. We, we should not be looking at iron. We should be looking at copper. The interesting thing was Dr. Mercola made a claim that doctors and even if we include natural doctors, which would be naturopaths, functional medicine, that kind of thing, he says less than 1% understand copper. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, well, less than 1%. And its I don't think it's surprising that we got a really good copper supplement and people are loving it. I agree. And, I, you know, you just don't hear people talk about copper. Nobody. So I'm, it's, that's totally believable. <laughs> right. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and even when Dr. Wilson approached me, and he's like, hey, you know, when we were at that event, he's like, um, you know, I'm doing a seminar today and it's on copper. I'm like, copper? What the hell is that for? I, who talks about copper? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's such a trace <laughs> mineral. You know, I, I just, we just don't pay attention to it. Turns out it's pretty damn critical. Yeah, agreed. All right. I what wanted to look something up real quick because sure. I... Iron is, is a pretty important one for, for pregnancy. And I know one of my sisters um, was told she was iron deficient and she hasn't, she's been kind of had, she's had an aversion to, to meat, which is the worst thing you can have an aversion it, to when you're pregnant. Exactly. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, I did come across something else that I'm going to look up and it was something I want to say with B vitamins and iron. And it's, Something that a lot of people also don't think about. And I'm, I'm wondering if they mentioned copper. So I will uh, keep you posted on that when I look it up. Yeah, I'd like to see that one. Um, yeah. I thought I had something else, but I'm not finding my article. Anything else on your mind today? Yeah, I, I actually um, pulled a couple articles myself that I came across and thought that it was really interesting because it seems to be something that, you know, things, a few things that really come up, you know, in practice. Um, 
Well, one of them doesn't come up in practice, but I thought it was interesting anyways, or as much in practice. But Wim Hof just, uh, I guess he just sent an email out with a new study that they've recently done. And, you know, we already know how the Wim Hof method is really great for decreasing inflammation and helping with a ton of different health issues. But um, they recently did a new study showing that the breathing and the cold exposure have a direct effect on pain relief. And I thought that was really interesting. They, they actually um, introduced pain via electrical stimulus to, you know, some people and some people had did the training and some people who had not. And they were all within like the same, you know, they're all pretty healthy people. And they realized that it has a lot to do or it actually helps relieve pain and helps you uh, control that. So I thought that was interesting. It really is. Because yeah. we always talk about the benefits of Wim Hof. But then there was another two studies that came up and these are more, you know, related to what I keep finding in women and basically the differences in how women are more affected than men when it comes to things like intermittent fasting and low calorie diet. And when I say low calorie, I don't mean that they're not eating enough like healthy fats and things of that nature. I'm talking about lately, I come across a lot of women who are eating one meal a day and they're not doing well and things like that. And their husband's doing great and they're wondering why that is. And there were two studies that came out. One that found that intermittent fasting can negatively, negatively affect sperm and egg quality and reduce fertility. And we know that fertility is a great barometer for health. So um, even if you're so, you know, not in your fertile years and you're not trying to conceive, it's still a good you know way to track your health. Let's you stop know? there for a second. So yeah. did they describe what they meant by intermittent fasting? I, see, I would be more concerned about long fast, three, four, five day fast. Intermittent fasting to mm -hmm. me, the way I understand it with, you know, kind of a timed window that you eat in six hours of eating time and 18 hours without food is a fairly common. That seems like such a natural practice to me. So did they talk about exactly what kind of fasting? Let me see here. It was, I'm, I'm opening up the study itself because I know that it was done and it wasn't just in, and it wasn't in humans yet. It was just saying there needs to be more studies done. Okay. But, but it was, um, it was a study that Chris Kresser had brought up and looked into. Okay. And so it doesn't say the, you know, the exact type of fasting, like how long or things like that. Um, and I didn't read the study itself. I just took his notes because we know how, great Chris's with, uh, you know, you know, kind of breaking things down so you it, can understand it. Yeah. Here's something else I would want to look at. Was this intermittent mm -hmm. fasting or whatever fasting they studied, were these people also eating a real food diet? Were they eating some sort of paleo at least, you know, or low carb or, you know, carnivore yeah. or, or, were they eating the standard American diet mostly and then <laughs> thinking intermittent fasting could help them lose weight because it's, it's become pretty popular in the last five years. So I just wonder, you know, what was, how was the study run? It, it seems odd to me that intermittent fasting would have any negative health consequences whatsoever. It seems like such a natural practice. 
Like that's probably much closer to how we ate. Yes. And I agree with you there. I do. Um, and I, and you know, it's hard to say, it's just a study that hasn't been translated to humans yet. So we, you know, there's a lot more research that needs to be done, Yeah, but it was interesting that, you know, that I, it came up. I have a feeling and, we will find out that it's not the intermittent fasting. That was the issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, it very well could be, but yeah, we'll see associated with that. And when I say intermittent fasting, so, so what I've been seeing in practice is that it's like serious restraint, like restraint from eating and it's on a daily basis and it's kind of putting the body in that emergency mode of, Oh goodness, there's a famine and it's holding on to calories. Yeah, exactly. It's like we can't reproduce because there's not enough food to sustain us. So how can we, sustain another, you know, living being. So here's what I wonder. I I wonder Mm -hmm. if, again, if we go back to you and I both know that 18, six intermittent fasting when you're on a real food diet is not difficult. It's pretty darn easy. No, You very seldom experience hunger. And I tell people all the time, you know what, if you're really that hungry and, and you're outside of your six hour window, so what eat? You know, listen to your body. And I just wonder if if the problems are coming in against somebody not eating the proper diet, not supplementing, and then starving. You know, really being hungry, but saying, no, I can't eat until my six-hour window. Yeah, they're not listening to themselves. Well, Correct. and then their bodies stop, stop the, the, the whole, the hunger hormones get off track and then they stop feeling like they need to eat. Right. And that's really what I'm seeing a lot of. And not to mention the more that I've been, you know, looking into intermittent fasting and recommending it to people and, you know, doing it myself in the past, I'm realizing that the best way to do it is not so much to restrict it in the morning. It's more to restrict it in the evening from, you know, like having a large dinner Uh, later in the evening. Yes. Good point. Good point. I because think that, that is affecting our sleep right. at like big time as well. And I, we know how important sleep is. I think you're correct. I think the more important window not to eat is the evening. Like I, I think you could exactly. wake up and eat and break your fast. And even if it was only 10 or 12 hours, it, so what? Wouldn't be that big of a deal. But you're right. It, if you, exactly, push, if you yes. push that food too late in the evening, it has a huge impact on your sleep and your HRV. I've measured that many, many times. Your blood sugar, everything. Which, which affects your hormones as well. So yeah. now let's, I think there's a right and a wrong way to, to do it. I, I think, yeah, I think you're there's right. a healthier way to do it. I think you're right. And I think you're onto oh. something with the window. It, let's think about hunter-gatherers again, depending on where they are in the world and what time of year it is. Um, I, I, where I live, it's in the wintertime, it's dark by 4 or 4.30. And most mm-hmm. hunter-gatherers didn't do much after dark. It was too difficult. All you could see by was the fire. So eating probably naturally didn't occur very often during those hours. Again, it's how we evolved. Yep. Very true. Yeah. Interesting. Very true. And, and, you know, and what we need that energy for that, that quick energy is is really during the, like in the morning, during the day, it's not so much when we're winding down at night, 
you don't want to be stimulating your, you know, yourself throughout, you know, right before bed. You really want that energy in the morning to get you going and to keep with that circadian rhythm, to keep a good yeah. rhythm, you know, going throughout the day. That way your hormones are rising and falling the way that they should. Yes. Interesting stuff. All right. What do you say we take some calls? Let's do it. All right. Let's get started in Oklahoma. Lisa, welcome to the program. Hi. Good morning. Hello. What can we help you with today? Okay, so I am in my early 30s, and I ended up in the hospital yesterday due to severe abdominal pain, and I was diagnosed with an ovarian cyst. And I was wondering how I can help the process of healing it naturally versus going the doctor's route of having a surgery. Got it. We can help with that. So is this the first issue like this? Has there been any talk whatsoever of anything like PCOS or any other issues? Um, not that I'm aware of. I have had an ovarian cyst after I had my first kid. I've had three kids back to back. Okay. Um, my youngest being almost four. So that didn't help my body much at all. But I've had an ovarian cyst with my first kid and he is almost six. And but it's progressively went away they didn't say nothing else about it or anything like that and they can go away on it went away on its own yeah yeah they typically do and, and there are some things we can do to speed them up so and we want to we don't want this to get out of control most of the time they do heal themselves doesn't sound like you have pcos at all having three kids back to back um it's just we see those two together a lot and Nobody is mentioning ovarian cancer, right? He said it was a possibility because cancer does run in my family and ovarian cancer is very high. Okay, so first off, so they wanted let, to keep an eye on let, it. Let's clarify something. Uh, these kinds of diseases don't, they're not genetic. They don't, they can run in our family. We can say that, but as soon as we say that, we somehow think they're genetic. They're really not. With these kinds of things tend to run in families because of diet and lifestyle similarities. So this isn't genetic. Okay. You, you didn't lose the genetic lottery. That this is that's not the issue here. So I don't know how often you listen to the show, but the answer for how we heal this naturally is the same answer for how we heal everything naturally. The the good news about. Almost all of our answers are the same, aren't they, Lauren? Yeah, they are. They it, are. This it, is also an estrogen dominance thing as well. Correct. So we will yep. address that. But, right. but yeah, they, they typically are. Which again is going, that estrogen dominance is going to come back to primarily diet and some lifestyle. So it, our answers mm -hmm. are always the same. The way you start healing this is to radically change your diet if you're currently eating the standard American diet. Well, the, I've been talking with a friend of mine, and he has gotten me onto the no grains and better health and stuff like that. So I've been slowly, not as fastly as I probably should, but I've been slowly cutting out Good. grains, slowly cutting Good. out like sugars and pops and stuff like that. I still fall because I am a single mom with three toddlers. We, but and sometimes I don't eat. <laughs> we all do. We all. Nobody is perfect at this. I've been doing it for nine years, and I'm nowhere near perfect. But we can make huge changes in our health. We don't have to be perfect at this. So you're already on the right track. 
really all I would do diet wise is keep working towards that. And, and really what we're talking about is a real food diet, mostly animal products. You should not be afraid of fat. You should not be afraid of fatty cuts of meat. Um, that, that should be the basis of your diet. Fatty cuts of meat, fatty seafood, uh, salmon and tuna, if you like seafood. Uh, good organic vegetables are fine. Would stay away from fruits for a while. Um, certainly just eliminate the grains completely. That, that to me, is it, the first step. And it, it's probably because it's the one I got the biggest results from when I switched. Um, now I'm also saying we should work pretty hard to eliminate seed oils in our diet pretty quickly too. You can get rid of grains and seed oils. You can make huge improvements in your health. Yeah. And the things that, that equate to sugar. So that's really yes. important. Plus you have to take, so, so if, if, if your estrogen is high, then you have to look at things like synthetic xenoestrogens, which are estrogen mimicking compounds that can disrupt your endocrine system. So things that to keep an eye on, you know, to stay away from are going to be like BPA containing, you know, containers like the plastic bottles and your Teflon, your, your no stick pots and pans, really, really bad. And you want to make sure that um, you're not getting a lot of pesticides in your food. So if you are eating, you want to, you know, produce, you want to get, make sure it's organic, things like this, you know, your, your house cleaning products can affect your estrogen levels, your, um, you know, the things that you're putting on your body. So you want to clean everything up around you as well, because not only is it things that you're consuming, that's really, really, really important, but it can also be things that you're exposed to in your environment. So you want to make sure that you're cleaning that up. And basically anything that you can read from a functional perspective on how to handle PCOS is what you, you know, if you want to educate yourself more, that's, that's where I would start. And that's why okay. I asked about PCOS, even though I don't think you really have that um they're so similar we would treat them very similar couple natural things you can do um one of the things i like if you're still suffering pain um i would avoid all over-the-counter pain relievers if you can they're so hard on our gut it just it sets us back uh, i understand pain can be really uncomfortable that can be a huge problem when you've got three kids you're trying to take care of yourself um, I would look, if pain becomes an issue, I would look at infrared heat. Heat can be really um, helpful for this type of pain. And you could target it with like the infrared. Uh, there's a bunch of them on the market. We have the infrared sauna. Uh, we have a couple infrared products that, you know, you can localize more on there. So that's one of the things you could do for pain. Massage is actually good yeah. if the pain starts to become an issue, get a good therapeutic massage. Um, two things you could add mm -hmm. to your diet, and, and I would actually do this together. Um, I would do a morning tonic. I would take good clean water. I would put a tablespoon or two of apple cider vinegar in there and a tablespoon of ground ginger. Uh, not ground ginger, fresh ginger. I'm sorry, like grated fresh ginger. Uh, even better if you could make fermented ginger paste, and I'll tell you how to do that. Uh, it's pretty simple. And then you would just put a tablespoon of the paste in and then enough water so that you can get this down. It can be a little harsh. The, the apple cider vinegar is a little harsh. Ginger is actually hot. 
like almost like a jalapeno kind of heat or a garlic kind of heat. So it can be a little harsh. Put in enough water to to kind of ease it down. I would also, and I know we just told you to stay away from sugar and that kind of stuff, uh, a little honey in there can kind of mellow it out and a little local raw honey isn't going to hurt you. It's good for you. Uh, so I would start your day mm. with a tonic like that. That okay. that will that tonic now, will actively start to dissolve that cyst. I mean, this tonic we're we're going after the cyst itself, and they can be dissolved, and this is one of the ways to do it. Yeah, acupuncture can be really good for it as well. There, you know, I would say if you can handle a little bit of the pain. I would try to not have to go under, you know, under the knife to, to get it removed Absolutely. because they yeah. typically resolve on their own. Yeah. I've had two, two surgeries. I've had my gallbladder removed when I was 16 and I had an emergency C-section with my last kid. So, so surgery is not an option for me and I've had the, thumb surgeries for an infection through my thumb. So I'm, I don't want to do a surgery. Believe it or not. Why don't the, you do a the, pre-discovery call with me? Yeah, that'd be good. I, I can definitely help get you on the right track with a free discovery call, especially if you've had your gallbladder removed. We can look I, at what's going on, yeah, diet and digestion, I, because inflammation, your inflammation pathways are not working properly if you're not actively taking bile salts when you're when you have a gallbladder removed. And yep. that is going to be yep. a really important component for a lot of things. Without a gallbladder, you're That's not. That's what my friend was telling me. <laughs> yeah, without a gallbladder, you're not digesting your fats properly. If we don't digest our fats properly, we go back to that issue of too much omega-6, not enough omega-3. We get an imbalance there. So Lauren is right. There's a lot of things she could help you with, and a discovery call would be the way to start. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. So if you if you don't know how to do that, uh, you know, just let us know. But if you, you go know, to the website... You know you what I'll do, Lisa? I'll, work with us. I'll, I'll put you back in the queue. And who's screening today, Angie? I think Angie's screening. Um, she'll, help, Angie. she'll she'll get you all set up with the uh, discovery call. Okay, thank you so much. All right. And you You're can, welcome. Good luck. You can always call us back, and uh, we can go over more here on the air. All right, let's go to South Carolina this time. Terrence, welcome to the program. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Laura? I guess Hello. me being an, as a... You guys, a kids smoking my wild posse out of copper pipes, homemade copper pipes might might help me. Maybe it did. <laughs> yeah, might have inhale a little copper. But um, yep. But um, my question is about I got the scale and I got the blood pressure thing monitor. I bought the package out of the store. Oh, good. What? Like the BMI and all that. What's good? What? What's what? Are, what? My, shouldn't say so, good numbers. What? What? Like body mass and all that. Yeah, that goes so, by your weight and. Height and all that. So they do show BMI on that scale. That's a pretty common thing to show on these kind of scales. BMI for an individual is almost worthless. BMI works for big groups. So when we look at a group of people, let's say we want to look at 18 to 30-year-old males. If we look at their BMI as a group, that can tell us something. It averages out, it evens out the problems. The bigger the group, the better the data is, the, the more useful BMI can be. At an individual level, it's worthless. I am at, right okay. now, I'm at roughly about 16% body fat, 15 or 16%, which is fairly lean. And yet I am, I am, oh, no, I am overweight considered by my BMI. 
I'm not obese, but I am overweight. Mm. I, my BMI is right at 25 right now. I mean, it's right there and 25 is what they consider overweight, anything over 25. Well, I am nowhere near overweight. I, I'm lean, I don't wanna be any lighter than this. BMI is worthless for me. And the reason is, I, for my size, I have a significant amount of muscle mass and muscle is heavy and dense. And anybody who does resistance training for any length of time will end up with a BMI that says they're either overweight or obese. It's just not a good, accurate number for individuals. So as far as the BMI, just ignore it. The other thing, you, it measures, well, I mean, I, it measures yeah. muscle mass and you want your muscle mass to go up. I mean, that, that's all I need to say about that number. The more muscle mass we have, the healthier, stronger, and fitter we're going to be. Then it measures body fat percentage. Well, we want our muscle mass high. We want our body fat percentage low. That, that's all we need to know about those two numbers. One we want higher, one we want lower. Simple as that. Now, here's the confounding factor in this. These scales are only so accurate. I have three of them that I check on. And when a new one comes out on the market, I'll probably get it and try it too. I've tried a ton of these. They're all basically the same. They, they are using electrical currents running through your body to check these, these measurements. The problem is that electrical current is very dependent on the hydration level of your body. So what you have to start doing is you have to try to check these numbers when you're at the same hydration level. If I check these numbers when I'm very hydrated, they will be significantly different than if I check them when I'm dehydrated. And it can be very confusing. You'll be like, well, how did I lose 10 pounds of muscle overnight? You didn't, and you didn't gain 10 pounds of muscle right. in the last three days either. Your hydration level changed, and then these readings become inaccurate. So they're What not, is a good hydration level? I don't know. Um, I, I can tell you for me, I haven't, I haven't done enough. I haven't worked with enough other people on this to know how much this might vary. I will tell you, I ignore any reading on body fat percentage or muscle mass percentage if my hydration level is less than 55%. If it's under 55%, it's just not going to be accurate. Um, if it's over 60%, it's not going to be accurate. So for me, I try to only look at the readings when I'm in that 55 to 60% hydration. And I don't even know what that means. I don't, I don't know what, what they're measuring to tell me it's 55%. You're never going to be 100% hydrated, so that's not how the scale works. I don't really know how this, what, what that number really indicates. I just know that I've tested this enough times on enough scales that that's the range where I get more accurate readings. Okay, yeah, because I'm just trying to figure out the numbers and see what I could use. I mean, I know I just, I, I'm still heavy again. You know, I, I, I'm back up like 230, and I want to, I'm, I'm working towards getting, obviously getting it down, but I just was trying to figure out what numbers to look for to help me 
Yeah, you know, watch, watch. To make sure I'm doing stuff right. If you're working out resistance training, the X3 bar, we want to watch that muscle mass. We want it to go up and we want body fat to go down. Uh, those are the two numbers we really want to okay. look at and track. You just have to make sure you're doing it accurately based on that hydration level. And as soon as you start, All right, and then I got one more question. As soon as you start paying attention to these numbers, now that you kind of know what you're looking for and looking at, you'll realize how much they can change based on that hydration number. All right. I also too now I got the uh, blood pressure cup, and my it was it was high, so I don't know if my the cuff is is bad or I got to call them to see if they got to get calibrated or something. Because my fiance took hers too. And she was high, and then she went to work the next day and took it at you know in the ER, and it was was fine. So I don't know if the cup is so got to be cal. I got to call Garmin up. You know, one of the things I do is I have a good, uh, well, two things you can do. You can use a good uh, automatic cuff that isn't Bluetooth. You know, I worry about the connectivity issues, and is is, is there any variance because of that? So I like to use a really simple. Um, the brand I like is Omron. Um, now I use the Garmin wireless. I like it. And, and mine seems to work very, very well. It's very close to my Omron, but I kind of use that old $40 Omron blood pressure cuff as a standard. And the even better, if you know somebody and I know how to take blood pressure, if you know somebody that can take blood pressure with the stethoscope, that's even better to check it and, and see how close you are. All right. Yeah, I have one in Omron, too, so I can... I just forgot. I was like, what the hell? I said, something's wrong here. And then I thought, well, maybe maybe there is something wrong. And then she took cars, and it was high, so... Now, here's, like I said, I'll just, uh, here's how I tested any of these devices against my standard. Now, I've also checked my standard against a, a stethoscope, and I do that once in a while to make sure the standard is still accurate. The stethoscope is the most accurate if you know how to do it. So I check my Omron once in a while, make sure it's close. Then what I do is I actually put both devices on at the same time, one on the left arm, one on the right, run them at the same time because you've seen your blood pressure can change from reading to reading. You take one reading and two minutes later, you're going to take another reading. It's different. It can fluctuate that fast. So I put them on both arms, but because each arm can read differently, then I swap them and do it again. Uh-huh. All right. Cool. That helps. All right. All right, Kev. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Right, Let's go to Illinois. Bill, welcome to the program. How y'all doing today? Boy, I'll tell you, I get the best sleep in my truck. I, I used to as well. I used to love <laughs> sleeping on the I got, I got a three-year-old. I got a three-year-old girl and two sets of twins at the house, and they're all young. Oh, man, oh, man. Quiet, and yeah. the serenity is in the truck. Yeah, I always yeah. slept um, good in the truck. Yeah. You ever follow Barbara O'Neill? Mm, no, it doesn't even sound familiar. She does a uh, natural, well, she believes in a natural way of healing your body. Okay. As far as what? I mean, uh, that, that word to. natural way of healing oh. could mean a thousand things. Yeah, kind of like what we all do, just eat natural and stay away from the, the crap, basically. But anyways, that, that, that was just my point. Hey, 
Um, I kn- you said you take a magnesium supplement, correct? Uh, a couple, yeah. Or did I miss? Or no, did I, I misunderstood it? You ever, you ever try just? I mean, because I, I mean, I do it. You ever take a Celtic salt? I, I use good I quality take- salt, tons of it. Yeah, I use, yeah. I, and I've got, I have yeah. a salt collection. I've got black salt from volcanoes. Oh, yeah, that's I've, right. I've got I, yeah. red yeah. salt. I've got real salt. I've got pink Himalayan. I've got gray French salt. I, I've got more salt than, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, uh, you're not, that- you are only, remember, you're getting a lot of sodium, which is fine. I'm not afraid of salt. You're only mm-hmm. getting traces of the other minerals. And we do recommend mm-hmm. using a really good quality salt because of the trace minerals. But magnesium, you're mm-hmm. never, ever going to even come close to getting enough magnesium out of salt. Oh, okay. You, you could drown okay. yourself in yeah. salt. You're not going to get magnesium. So there, yeah, so the only reason I salt is an issue, and we try to balance sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and that's what light balance is. That's the whole point of light balance is we start to balance out those three minerals: sodium, magnesium, and potassium. Mm-hmm. So I take light balance in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's my magnesium supplement mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah, me too. I, I take if I'm overly active and sweating a lot, I might take a product like Actimag, which is another form of magnesium and more of it. And then in the evening, I take the what? What do they call it? Calm? Is that the name of the magnesium supplement? No, I might be getting yeah. confused. Is it yeah, Calm? The, the okay, magnesium from Ned. Citrate is Calm. Yeah. yeah. So in the evening, oh. I. Yeah, which no, one? It's called Mellow. 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 That's what it is. It's I knew mellow. it was something. Calm is what used to be the mushrooms. No, Calm is the mushroom now. It used to be chill. Holy cow. No wonder I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, Mellow. There um, is also a magnesium called Calm, so that's what threw me <laughs> Probably that's why I'm confused, yeah. So really, there are some days where I'm taking three different magnesium supplements throughout the day. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, salt, my question, salt is good. Your light balance and salt. Good. Yeah, salt is good. Good quality salt. We push that hard, but that will not do anything mm-hmm. for your magnesium levels. Okay. But I do love your light balance. That's like it, miracles, you, especially when you're it really working is. flatbed and you're sweating all the time. Yep. Yep. It really is. And all if, right. If well, at some point you sweat enough that you feel like the light balance isn't enough, that's when I take the Actimag. And then... I just, I really like the, um, the mellow at night. Let's go to New York this time. Lynn, welcome. Hey, hello, Kevin. This is Lynn Grant. Um, I just got my blood work back from Dr. Wilson's office. Okay. And I want to go over it with you. All right. Have you gone over it with Dr. Wilson yet? Or yes. His? Okay, yes. good. Go yeah. They called me, but I they they gave me a couple of suggestions. I just want to get your opinion, basically, on sure. this. Okay. Um, see that they got the staff put me on uh, four supplements. One is called Gut Protect. One is called Gut Repair. The other is Helpers, and this fourth one is an Opti Lipid. Okay, so. 
You want me to let you in on an industry secret? Sure. So those four supplements, I could see exactly, I can probably tell you what's in your blood work now that I know what supplements they, those are going to be, even though, even though we don't have anything in our store called Gut Protect or Gut Repair, um, I can tell you what those right. supplements are. In fact, almost identical to what we have. So we use Biotics as our okay. supplement supplier. I think Biotics is by far one right. of the best in the industry, if not the best. That's why we chose them. Dr. Wolfson also uses right. Biotics as his supplier. Dr. Wolfson does something right. different than we do, but we are starting down the same path for a good reason. Dr. Wolfson private labels okay. his and even creates right. some of his own versions of these things. So, and, and we're starting to work with biotics in the same way. We're probably going to be private labeling some of our supplements. Some of them might not change at all. It will be the exact same supplement mm -hmm. we've always had in the store with a new label that says it's ours. And it's being produced by biotics. And we choose them because their quality control is top notch. Their sourcing on ingredients is the best there is. Um, we just want to start creating our own brand. And then once we do that, we can start tweaking some supplements as well. We can go to biotics and say, okay. you know, we really like this, but could we get this with a little more B12? You know, we kind of create our own custom blends then. And that's what Dr. Wolfson's done. He's created some custom blends. So again, these four are probably either identical or very similar to something we have in the store under a different name. Right. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things that were, I guess, alarming to them. Um, let me pull up. Um, let's find it here. Okay. I have one number in my hormones panel that was high. I'm not sure what it stands for. SHBG. That was 94.7. What's the range they recommend it be in? Oh, 16.5 to 55.9. So you're almost double the high side of the range. What was, and I'm not sure which, Lauren, are you familiar with that one? I'd have to go look it up. I'm not looking at this blood work. So I'm not. I don't have any context. Did you ask Dr. Wolfson or his staff about that item, that issue? I don't remember what she said about that particular woman. Well, well hold on a second. You did ask them? Um, well, she was going over stuff on my prostate panel, stuff on my kidney panel. Right. Um, let me give you the, those numbers. Well, hold, hold on a second. Um, I, I, hold on. I want to go back here because okay. it's not that I don't want to answer your questions. I do. I don't have the paperwork in front of me. I haven't been involved in your case right. up till now. So I'm at a huge disadvantage right. here. I have no context. And... Right. You're paying right. Dr. Wolfson for a service. Now, and here's my point. They went over this with you. You're not remembering right. something they covered. It's not going to be any different if I were able to answer your question. You're probably, I would go back to them and, and say, you know, there's a lot here. Can we go over a couple things again? 
so that you understand right. it. Okay. And, and again, it's not that I don't want to help right. you. I'm just at a huge disadvantage here, and I wouldn't be doing you a good service to try to interpret something I'm so out of the loop on, and you don't need me. You've already paid them. Use them. Right. I, I get your point. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to call you and talk to you about it because See, I've, been, I've, I've been a I, long-time listener. It, it, been, it's... I am really, really good at analyzing oil samples. I'm not that good at analyzing right. blood work. I don't do a lot of it. I understand okay. it, but it, but it's not second nature to me. And I don't, I know that when somebody calls me with an oil sample, as good as I am, I don't like reviewing oil samples that I can't see because otherwise I would have to ask them for every single line and write them all down. We'd be here for an hour trying to do that with your blood work because there may be some number in that blood work that's within range, but on the higher, the low side, and that may be a factor here, but I would never know that because I can't see it. Right, right. Okay. Um, I've been I've been taking County America for a long time. Okay. And I told him that, and I, I think it helps. I, I I definitely noticed the difference ever since I started taking it. Okay. And I I was just a just a fan. You know, I I like I like the stuff. I but obviously I'm I not to, sure. How, but, let me address I'm before you sure even tell me what the issue was. Anytime you work with a practitioner, Dr. Wolfson and I obviously right. agree on a lot of stuff, a lot. Yeah. We, all, we also have our own kind of methods and our own go-to supplements. We understand them. We've worked with them more. Being mm -hmm. a cardiologist, I am positive and I know that he does. I know which Dr. Wilson also has some really good cardio supplements. So sometimes it's, it, it's okay to say, look, I really like this one. I'm just going to take it. Um, if they recommend something else, you could also try it. See if you get the same results. We're, we're not locked into saying our products are the only products that work. It's, that's just not true. Right, right. We, they do work. We make sure they work. We make sure they're really good quality and good sourcing and we get good results. That doesn't mean there aren't three or four other products out there that could do something similar. And a lot of times you, you right. should just go with what many times you, if you're working directly with a practitioner, you should probably work with them and take their advice. And that may mean changing a supplement once in a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I yeah, would I prefer you keep buying Cardio Miracle and use it and it does work and it is effective and we're very confident of it. But like I said, I'm sure Dr. Wolfson has his own formulation. Him and I have talked about Cardio Miracle. I mean, it would be very similar to what he would use, just a different product. Well, they didn't recommend I think that. They recommend I buy these four that, supplements. That, is, isn't uh, that what did. I just explained? Before right. you told yeah. me that, I knew that's what we were talking about here. And I'm fine with that. We recommend people to other practitioners all the time because that's what's best for them. We lose some supplement sales. It's just not that big of a deal. The only other thing that they recommended was they just see, a, I go see a urologist because my prostate panel came back. My PSA came back really high. Okay. 7.7. 7. 7. 
on my PSA score. So I would so I got an one, appointment with you. I would make one recommendation on top of theirs. Before I talked okay. to this doctor, the proctologist. Yeah. Uh, I urologist. Went, urology, yeah. yeah, I was I had a question about this yesterday, urologist and proc no, it was Bruce, I think, brought it up. Uh, the urologist, I would read or listen to a book. Overdiagnosed? Yep. Yeah. I've, I'm reading it for a second time right now. Good, I've good. That, that way ago. you can address what the urologist might recommend or not recommend. You'll be better educated. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that was basically it. There was another question that had nothing to do with what we've been talking about. What's um, that? I've been on this protocol. I've been following that for a while. I've been doing the Wim Hof breathing and I also do the cold showers and all that. Okay. Now, I was considering buying a sauna blanket. Now, I'm wondering, can I pay for that on an HSA account? Do you know? Yes. That'd be okay? Yep, yeah, that is a qualified HSA purchase. Okay, all right, that's good. And I'm sure the X3 probably is not. I would call it one. I would absolutely take well, that out of my HSA. Look, a HSA oh, spending right. is no different than a tax return. We can try whatever we want. They could audit it and say, no, we're not going yeah. to allow that. I, I would absolutely take an X3 bar out of my HSA account. Oh, okay. All right. What's the that, worst that, that can happen? That would definitely I, 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 I have yet to hear, and I have been covering HSAs prior to HSAs. They were called MSAs, medical savings accounts. Yeah. This goes all the way back to the 90s. Yeah. I've been covering these since the 90s. You know what I have never, ever heard of? I, I do not know a single person right. that's ever had their MSA or HSA account audited by anybody. Right, right. I've never heard of it either. That's good. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, lines are open. Uh, we've still got plenty of time today. Lauren, are you joining me on Twitter today? We're going to do a Twitter space at uh, yeah. 1115. Yeah. Perfect. Yes, I can definitely join you for that. Good. All right. Let's go to Illinois. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hi, both of you. Uh, I have a why question. Was, uh, I heard that last couple calls ago, and uh, you guys said uh, if someone doesn't have gallbladder, they're, uh, it affects their fat digestion. Um, but you specifically said it affects the omega-3 uh, and, and causes more you know, omega-6. I was curious. Now, I, as soon as I said that, Why? I thought I was going to cause some oh, confusion. Okay. All, all that really that I look at on that, fat is fat. We either digest it or we don't. Because we have an imbalance in most diets, too much omega-6, not enough omega-3, the poor fat digestion make can worse. make that even worse, right? Worse. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, my father-in-law. He, Good uh, question, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew. He, he I, a, I had a feeling somebody was going to catch that. As soon as I said it, I kind of thought, eh, I probably didn't say that clear enough. Hey, well, they uh, got me to call, so I'm glad I did. Um, yeah, my father-in-law, he doesn't have a gallbladder, and every every time he has an attack, every year or so, and he's really, he feels like he's going to die and go to the hospital, and um, they, then, of course, they tell him, don't eat meat, don't eat fat, just eat oats, you know, and 
yeah. but he loves steak, you know, so we try to get him to, you know, on the, um, wild sauce or, you know, uh, the product, you know, and, but, you know, and then he went to buy his doctor and said, oh, that, you know, you don't need to, you know, that kill you. But I think they're giving him some enzyme now, but he really should, you know, that, it, but, uh, when when we take somebody who is not digesting fat properly and we get them to digest fat properly, the changes are pretty dramatic. We've used that to help weight loss stalls. I mean, look, if you're in keto and you're not digesting your fat well, you're not going to go into ketosis and keto is going to be kind of miserable. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be wondering, why does everybody say yeah. they're not hungry? I'm always hungry. Well, it's because you're not digesting your fat. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I wonder why his pancreas is the one that is the thing that flares up the most, you know. Well, because your pancreas, liver, gallbladder right all there. work together. Yeah. Okay. And, and you and, know, we uh, can almost always see other health issues. Hormone imbalance is big when you're not digesting fat because we need good fats to build all of our good hormones. Uh, we see people with um, really dry skin, uh, dry hair, cracked heels, that, that kind of stuff. It's just a clear sign of poor fat digestion. And it's important that you're, a lot of your health will suffer if you have poor fat digestion. Yeah. Um, I was curious about your, uh, if you're growing, um, gochu, you know, the, the Korean hot peppers for your uh, kimchi. Yes. But for cabbage. What about them? All right. Uh, I just wondered if you were growing them. Oh, I grow all kinds growing of... Growing Yeah, I grow all kinds of peppers. My peppers this year are doing all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. Like, I, I actually tried to breed these short, sturdy pepper plants, and it worked. And I, I've got a poblano plant out there, a couple of them, because I love stuffed poblanos. Take ground beef and yeah. a bunch of other stuff and cheese and stuff a poblano and roast it. Uh, I've got a poblano plant out there that it's got a pepper on it that's almost bigger than the plant. It's a <laughs> it, it's a tiny little plant. It's only maybe eight inches tall and it's got a poblano pepper on there that's about six or seven inches long. It's really kind of odd, but. Uh, and I really shouldn't even have peppers and tomatoes yet, but I already have both because I started my plant so early in the greenhouse. I'm already harvesting peppers and tomatoes. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't know because, you have, you know, I saw the cabbage and I, uh, I, I, was, uh, I, I hate to have, have to, I hate to have to report this, but I had a horrible failure in my garden. Oh, no. You, you, I posted so many pictures of that beautiful cabbage patch with all that Napa cabbage, big, giant heads when I was oh, over yeah. six pounds. I got yeah. Less, yeah. less than one quarter of those plants. Oh, what I, happened? I made a rookie mistake. I use um, drip irrigation oh. in all my raised beds. Yeah. And I... I when I first put it in, I just kind of put it in quick because I needed it and it wasn't exactly the way I wanted it. And I went out there one day and I thought, all right, I'm just going to work on the drip irrigation until I get it right. Because I was having to hand water a lot of stuff and some stuff was getting a little too much water. And I thought, I just got to tweak this. So I started to take it apart 
and I had laid one of the other drip hoses in the cabbage. Now there's already a drip hose in there and I laid another one in there. You can't see them though. That cabbage was so tight in there. And then I forgot about it and I never finished that project. Something interrupted me and I never got back to it. And I kept thinking, man, I gotta get back to those sprinklers. I was double watering them. And what happened was that it, it, it actually, the cabbage started to rot from the center. So they looked beautiful yep. on the outside. And as soon as I started to cut into the heads, the whole center core was rotted. Oh, I was so disappointed. It was I was I was looking forward to making just gallons and gallons of kimchi. I had so much cabbage, and now I, I'm I just really I'm just using the cabbage. We we just didn't get that much out of all that. so you you have heard of that 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 red that Korean red pepper? Oh, that, you, you are growing it. Don't that, you? Yeah, I don't think it's going to grow. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either. That is the yeah. that is the pepper for traditional kimchi, yes. Um, right, right. I, I would never probably be able to grow enough. Of, well, maybe I could, but it's a, it's a pretty hot pepper. And most hot peppers don't grow really well here. And this is the first time trying this one. So I'm going to have to play around with it. But I... The, the plants are pretty small. They're not growing a lot. So I don't think I'm going to get a whole lot out of them this time. Oh, okay. I was reading about it. It did say that it's hard to find a hot. I know it's all considered hot peppers, but it's hard to find a really like a hot one when, you, when you're buying seeds. They say that they're mostly mild and they're called, you know, Korean hot peppers or it, well, and then. Seeds. And then the other thing that can happen is based on your climate, soil, temperature, all those things, that will change the heat level. I don't know what I did different last year. Most years I have not had a whole lot of luck growing really hot peppers, except last year. Last year, everything I grew was screaming hot. I don't know why. Wow, we can't find organic, you know, hot peppers, you know. No, they're hard to find. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's why I love growing on my own. Right. Yeah. Oh, so what do you do with the the pepper mash? Like after you, with the honey, you know, when you remove the peppers, have you? Uh, what have you been? So I. Do you do with the, uh, I actually almost pepper. all of my hot sauces. Now I make all my own hot sauces. I make several different, you know, recipes and. Almost all of my hot sauces now are being made from the peppers that come out of the hot honey. Yeah. It makes fantastic the hot sauce. No, you? no, no. Yeah. Every, okay. Everything okay. goes into the blender. Right. Yeah. So they. Um, yeah. The other thing I've done with that is chop it up real fine. The peppers and and yeah. you know you get some of the honey kind of clinging to them. I chop those up real fine. Mix it into goat cheese. Oh, is that good? Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mix those chopped okay. up peppers right into goat cheese. Oh, really good. Yeah. Sounds amazing. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks for the Love call. You. All right, we, uh, we've got one more call on the board, but we'll hang out here and answer any questions you've got. We can stay till 11. Mm. Or we'll quit when we run out of questions. So if you want to jump in and join us, 855-950-3835. Let's go to South Dakota. Richard, welcome. 
Hey, Kevin. Um, I was uh, watching a video on YouTube a couple weeks ago, and uh, there's called Two Crazy Ketos. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, he brought up the subject about a C- CMG or whatever it is, continuous CG. glucose CGM. Right. Um, so he he brought up the uh, the brand Freestyle Livery. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, there's really only three on the market that I'm aware of. Three pretty popular. There may be okay. something else out there, but basically you're looking at Freestyle Libre, Dexcom, or Nutrisense. And I will tell you this, the okay. sensors are almost all identical. They all last for two weeks. They're all okay. basically the same. The difference is the software. It, and I, I really yeah. like okay. the Nutrisense software but I also tell people, NutriSense, you're going to pay out of your pocket. Dexcom and Libre, if you can get your doctor to prescribe them, you can usually get insurance to pay for them. Well, they they had they said that, and I think it's stated on the on the Freestyle's website is that they will write you the prescription for the for the monitor. Um, now, my question for reason why I call it in, my question is. Uh, I'm assuming other than the government just don't want people to monitor their their uh, their diabetes. That why is it that you have to have a prescription to get this device when all it's doing is just helping you keep keep your health in intact? Because is there a particular reason why there is? And I'll tell you, you now there is a technical reason for this. The device punctures the skin. That's it. That's it. Really? That's the technical reason. Like, because you might say, well, hell, the Garmin watch can tell me this and that, and it's measuring all kinds of things. It it does, but it's not intrusive. It, It never punctured your skin. It just sits there. This device, you're puncturing your skin, and it becomes a medical device, needs FDA clearance, needs prescriptions. It's just all the technicalities around our health system. So what about they're, they're, the uh, they are, prick style? They, I don't know why they let that go. Who knows? But that's <laughs> really, I mean, it, it, it's goofy government regulation. Don't ask me to explain it. It never makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Why am I allowed to poke my finger over and over and over without a prescription? But if I'm going to put this device on that only pokes me once, and it, the poke is so fine, you don't bleed at all from that little poke. The, the, right. the part that goes into your skin is thinner than a human hair, I think. I mean, it, it's, you almost can't see it, but they require yeah. a FDA approval and they require a prescription and on and on and on. Um, so who knows? Uh, so I just got through listening to a podcast and the guy had on Dr. Mindy Peltz. You heard of her? I don't know. There's an awful lot of doctors doing this anymore. I really can't keep up with them. Now, that one doesn't sound familiar. Uh, okay, so she didn't, she's not talking about the uh, CMG, CGM, but she done a, a study on six different types of fast, and it goes anywhere from uh, 12 to 16 hours all the way up to, to a five-day uh, five fast. And she went through the different... Um, aspects of these fast and what what the benefits of them are intermittent fasting autophagy gut reset fat burner dopamine and immune fast 
but the, the last one she didn't list in there, but she mentioned about an injury fast <clears throat> of whenever you go seven, uh, five days that your body starts uh, uh, rebuilding the uh, stem cells. So I didn't know if you heard anything about those different types, but I thought that was pretty interesting on those fasts. But um, I've read. I didn't a know lot if you heard of her yet or not. Not her, but I've heard a lot of this. I, I, I you know, and Lauren, this kind of goes back to earlier. I, mm. I don't believe that intermittent fasting is really has many negatives, if any. But I do believe these longer fasts can be a problem for people. I'm not a big. It's kind of like detox. Detox is necessary. There are times we need to do it. There are probably times when long fasts could be beneficial. I also think that if they're not done right, they can be problematic. Yeah, yeah and she didn't. She didn't really. She didn't really mention that this is something that you have to do all the time. <clears throat> um, definitely intermittent fasting. We we can do that every day. <clears throat> but if you do a if you do a longer fast on that, what is the proper way of coming off of say a a 48 hour or a 72 hour fast. I have no idea. I know you don't want to just I, go right into eating a bunch of well, maybe, bunch of meat. Maybe you do. I, I wouldn't say you don't. I, oh, I, really? I think this is way too okay. individual to put any kind of real rules on it. Okay, yeah. so depending on the, the individual. I personally would start with like a bone broth, like something liquid, um, you know, that you can still get all the nutrients from. And then I don't think you have to like go too slow reintroducing food. I, 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 um, okay. I, I honestly don't know right. what the difference could be, really. I mean, so when when we get down, look, at, and I, I know as practitioners, we always want to be putting out new stuff. and uh, But sometimes we just get a little weird about this stuff. You know, we, we start to say things yeah. like they're hard and fast rules, and, and they're just not. There, there isn't much around this that are true, hard and fast rules. There's a lot of individuality. There's a lot of different things that can work. So sometimes I, I just see yeah, some of these practitioners get so rigid. Oh, you got to do this because of this and this and this. And I, I, there's no proof of any of that stuff. I just know from for myself in the past coming off a long fast, like I, I get <laughs> I'll have to run to the restroom if I'm not careful but everyone's different, like Kevin just said. So where I would start is with a liquid, and bone broth is a great liquid to start with, probably the best liquid to start with. I would agree with that, okay. and I would try that because for some people that does work. I, I can tell you this. I don't like doing long fasts, so I don't do them very often. But the couple of ton, times I've done a 48 or a 72-hour fast, I have no problem eating a two-pound ribeye as my first meal. Doesn't bother me a bit. <laughs> yeah. So one one more question. Um, uh, black stool. Uh, what is the cause of that? Could be high iron, actually. And is, it, is it? Okay. Because I noticed uh, the past couple of weeks, it's not constantly every day, but I have noticed the past couple of weeks that uh, at least for a, a whole day of my. Uh, bowel movement that it, I would have black stool. And I know at some point they say that it could be blood in your stool, uh, in your uh, gut. I didn't know if that was a, that, the case or not. That's possible. So you, you do need to be concerned about that. Bright red blood in your stool is usually not a concern. That's usually um, uh, 
<laughs> I almost said asteroids, hemorrhoids. Um, <laughs> you, you, have, you, have, you have asteroids in your anus. That would be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. Uh, yeah. Very bad. Uh, yeah. No, uh, bright red blood is usually nothing to worry about. It's usually hemorrhoids. It, it, if blood's going to be internal, then that could be a bad sign. So you have to watch for that. That That's one of the causes. But uh, iron overload and iron supplements can also cause this. Okay, so it's not it's not a, an everyday thing, uh, every week thing. It's just I have noticed it the past couple of weeks, just one one or two days out of that Some, time that sometimes I did have that, but it, it went away. Sometimes it's food we're eating, so it doesn't have to be a supplement. A liver sometimes oh, okay. is high enough in nutrients. Oh, that, I I have I have been eating some liver. I found some grass fed. Uh, Thousand Hills Farms. They got. They make some grass-fed yep. uh, liver sausage. Oh my God! It is. I, I hate liver, but that <laughs> stuff is good. Well, it's like U.S. Wellness <laughs> meets liverwurst is amazing too. I love that stuff. But that's probably why you're seeing yeah. it intermittent. You eat the liver. You have it for a day okay. or two. Then you don't eat liver. Then it goes away. That that's probably what's causing it. And most of our most of our meat, uh, if we, we buy some ground beef and it's always got liver and heart mixed in it from the Thousand that, Hill Farms. There you go. So uh, I am getting that. That's all. If we eat ground beef, that's all. That's the only type of ground beef we, we buy. Perfect. Is that mixture. All right. That's so, all I was wanting to find out about the CGM. Go so, ahead. Yeah. Let me. Are you taking the daily copper? I took some this morning. I, I've got it in my truck. I uh, haven't been consistent about taking anything, but I did take some this morning. Okay. And the reason um, I say that no, is I haven't. The, the dark stool could be iron overload as well, and it's not that you've got too much iron. It's that you don't have enough copper, and the iron's not going where it belongs. Oh, okay. So I, I need to balance that out then if I'm going to be doing high iron or whatever? Well, don't take any iron supplements ever. We don't need to supplement okay. iron. You are getting plenty of iron in your diet. And with the liver, you might yeah, be Yeah, I'm not getting, taking any iron supplement. Yeah, don't don't stop eating the liver, though. But you need the copper to okay. help balance that the high iron. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that was my question. Basically, just on the CGM, I was wondering why I, I can't just go get it. But I'm going to uh, check with Freestyle Libre, and I think they did say that they do offer the uh, the uh, prescription if you yeah. get it through them. So what they're doing is they're just using a doctor in house to write that prescription for you. This is becoming common. Okay. This is they how we now get drugs over the internet. You know, you, you can do a consult on like a Zoom thing and then the doctor can prescribe it. So that is becoming more common. I mean, techni okay. technically, NutriSense is doing the same thing. NutriSense doesn't tend to work okay. through doctors. They're kind of their own. But they have doctors on staff that have to write that prescription for everybody that gets one of these. Right. right. OK. All right. I sure appreciate y'all's time. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Pennsylvania. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Lauren. This is John. Hey, I, I've got a couple of questions um, based on myself and, and my wife. Uh, Lauren just had a discovery with my wife, Tammy. Uh, got her set up on the PPI kit. 
uh, and to go 30 days or four weeks. Um, there's a couple of questions I have on both of us and the way we take uh, the uh, Cardio Miracle and our magnesium from Mello. Um, what I have been doing for a while since we've been taking it, she's been on the Cardio Miracle and magnesium um, for a couple of months, and I've been on it since it came out. Um, I, I put my mellow in the cardio miracle. I do too. Uh, and I had been, I, I had been drinking it in the morning, like after I do my bulletproof. Um, whether I'm hungry, it might go with my meal, or I just drink it until it's gone. Question is, I noticed um, probably back in the winter uh, when we were on winter break that I was starting to get, and this is really weird, I would start to sneeze like ten times in a row and then get nauseous, and then a couple of times I actually threw up just because, and I'm, I'm assuming it's the two mixtures, the Bulletproof Coffee and then going into the Cardio Miracle. Um, I thought maybe it was the Brain Octane at first, so I took that out of my coffee. I put it back in. I played around, and it's come to be that I can't do my Cardio Miracle and Magnesium in the morning anymore for some reason. Have you um, have with you, my bulletproof coffee? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, I tend I, I because of injuries. Um, I tend to deal with a lot of nausea. You know, I've said my digestion is perfect. It's better than it's ever been my whole life, and it is. I still deal with a lot of nausea, and there doesn't seem to be much I can do about it. I, I think it's that injury that causes it. I do have to be careful, um, and today is one of those days. I got up really early today to work on some things, so I actually had a second cup of Bulletproof. I haven't done that in a long time. That's an awful lot of fat on an empty stomach, and it will sometimes cause uh -huh. some nausea. There's just too much fat, not enough other food, um, and then on top of that, throw in... And I, I have a feeling you might want to test this. It may be the magnesium causing the problems, not the cardio miracle. Have you tried just cardio miracle? Uh, uh, no, I, I, I didn't. And I did know that, you know, in reading about the magnesium, I read a lot of books and then, you know, and listening to uh, her with magnesium, uh, with Mello, that it, it can definitely cause the diarrhea, but I never really thought it could cause it out, you know, the other end as I, well. But I... I I did. It did enter my mind and probably left as quick as it entered. But yeah, I, I would look at that. Sometimes magnesium can be hard on our stomach. And I, I've experienced that. I, I can't I would not be able to go straight from my bulletproof to the cardio and the magnesium either. I haven't even tried. I know it would cause me a problem. So I usually okay. have I usually okay, have I'll, I'll... food in between. So I am. I am. And that's what I'm doing now. Probably do it later in the day now, like lunchtime and on. Exactly. So I'm more of a kind of a yeah, yeah. two meal a day most days. I I'm usually really hungry when I get off the air, and that's usually around noon or so. So I may just grab some leftover meat. You know, there's usually something in the refrigerator: steak, chicken, pork, something. And I'll just grab. And a lot of times, right. I just grab it and right. eat it cold. You know, I don't I don't really want to stop and make a meal. It's there. I eat it. Then I can have my cardio. If I try to go right to the cardio, especially with the magnesium in it, right from my bulletproof on an empty stomach, I won't feel good. I'll get nauseous. Um, okay. So for me, cardio is usually after lunch. And ideally, um, I would do one cardio after lunch without the mellow 
and then one cardio after dinner with the mellow. That would be the better schedule. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, okay, well, that's pretty much, and I think I was on the same approach as you were. I, not that it was the mellow that was doing it, but I, it had to be in my cardio miracle mixture. So uh, I was pretty much making that goal later on in the day because yeah. it, it just wasn't happening anymore yeah. in the morning. You know, remember so, that cardio really um, is we're, we're two servings a day is the standard for cardio. I don't always do two. Sometimes I just don't get to it. Um, but ideally it would be a cardio on its own in the afternoon and a cardio with the mellow in the evening. Okay. Okay. Um, now the question I have with, with, um, Tammy and, and hers is pretty much the same mixture. We also do a uh, shot, uh, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in that cardio miracle mix with the mellow, uh, cause it's about the only way that we can both tolerate to do apple cider vinegar. Uh, so okay. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. I use the apple cider vinegar in that drink because the drink itself is too sweet without the apple cider vinegar for me. I, I feel it makes it sweeter. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. It makes it less sweet. That's so, what, yeah, it's, it's opposite for that, both of us, but how it interesting. serves a purpose. Yeah, I, I do it specifically because it is just too sweet for me without the vinegar. Right. Uh, Lauren, were you, were you going to say something? Oh, no. I, I, I'm curious to hear what your question is for Tammy because I'm, I'm curious to know if she is doing the bulletproof still because I think that was affecting her negatively because of her gallbladder removal. Right. So she doesn't do, she won't even do the bulletproof. I, that's out the window. She doesn't drink coffee. So um, I think mm. the regiment you, uh, you mentioned for her to, to, to get into some bone broth and we keep that in the truck. Uh, some some lona life, so she's going to do that. But she got all of her pills, and obviously the PPI is is a lot of pills to take, and she's not very big fan of yeah. taking a lot of pills. It really gets her. We at the first day we tried to do the the capsules, mix them together in some apple cider vinegar, along with a mm -hmm. little bit of the um, the uh, cardio miracle to kind of just like four ounces of water to like get them down. Well, that was a little more harsh. So uh, he's gone back yeah. to just taking the pills. And, um, but I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not giving her, like she's not doing too much. Um, she does, uh, it's taking about three of the bile pills uh, when she eats a, a normal fatty meal, a ribeye, um, if we do something with ground beef, uh, anything that, you know, that's got maybe got some good cheese in it, stuff like that, that's, that's fatty. It, three does it. If she doesn't do three, then it goes right through her. Um, okay, so real, three real is quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Basically, uh, you, you never want to take the betaine plus without the capsule. It is hydrochloric acid. Right. And like all the stuff in that is super okay. duper duper strong. It can, yep. you know, our, our stomach acids are, are very acidic. So we definitely won't, don't want to do that again. Um, just keep that in mind. Now, which one and is which one is that? Which one is that? That's the, you said doctor that's the that betaine plus. It's what it's really important that she's very very diligent with the betaine plus because that's how we're going to get her off those PPIs. Because right now those PPIs are stopping the body from producing its own hydrochloric acid to break down oh, okay. the, um, okay. the proteins in her food. So that's, that's the, that's the, probably I would say out of the PPI kit, that is the most critical supplement in there 
that she wants to be okay. very diligent with because her um, right now her, her you know her stomach acid she's not she's not producing her own. So that's going to be really important. Right. All right. Um, so we're not do, we're not doing that anymore. It's it's she's taking the capsule. So that well that's good. All right. Right. Another thing to keep in mind: don't drink too much liquid to get those capsules down, because then it's also diluting the you know the, the stomach she'll acid. Do, she'll do one. Yeah. She'll do one. Yeah. She can only do one at a time. She takes a sip. She gets it down. Okay. Just to keep it, you know, just so keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, too much liquid is going to do the opposite as well because it's going to dilute all of that that stuff that you're putting in there, that that high okay. you know acidity level. Okay. But you know, if what other questions do you have basically? Because we so, want to make so, sure that yeah, we're diligent with it, yeah, that, or else she's not going to get to where she needs to be. Right, and that covers exactly that the question there. That the other thing is, is she's on that um, the bio the. Um, vitamin B6 from uh, the same company that you guys sell the stuff uh, you have your um, vitamins with there. Biotics. Um, and I don't know if she, yeah, biotics. Thank you. Um, she's on that. And she's also on a copper. Um, it, it's just a lot that we're doing. And, and I, I, don't, I, I told her, yeah, I, did, I, I told her I would check with you to see if, do we just need to focus on the, yeah. you know, your the protocol and yeah. And take those other ones I away would... for right now and just, Exactly. That's exactly what I would recommend. I would I would say that's just an overload right now for her. If she right. does the PPI kit properly, she's going to get the results and she, and she can go right back to those other supplements. And the PPI kit is designed so that she's not going to have to stay on that stuff. You know, once her right. stomach acids start to, you know, start producing, then we're going to get her, you know, on a, a much, you know, lower dose of the, you know, we'll have to switch to the hydrozyme. It's like a kind of like a tapering off. And then the one that she'll have to stay on for the long run is going to be, let me just make sure, because she doesn't have a gallbladder, correct? Right, yeah. That's correct. No She's on the bile. We take the bile. Yeah. Yes. So that's the one that, that that's the one thing that she's going to have to stay on for the long haul when she eats anything right. containing fats, which we hope is every meal. So right, right. I would say take everything except, you know, take remove everything aside from what is in the PPI kit, really focus on that kit so she gets those results. And then we can start readjusting. We can sit down and go over all the supplements that she's taking and, you know, and put them back in there somehow, you know, as, as we right. see fit basically. The, on the protocol, it says when you don't take a, a PPI, this pill, I think it was, maybe it was another one of this one. Uh, now, the only thing that she has ever been on is a Tums or the Goalies, which are the apple cider vinegar gummies. Um, mm -hmm. th does that consider, like if she wakes up in the middle of the night and has to take a Tums, is that considered an off day or is a Tums not considered a real PPI or I, I wouldn't take a Tums and I wouldn't so, take a Tums. No, that's going to do, yeah, that's going to do the opposite. So Apple that, cider vinegar, I, you should do that. Let's just clarify real quick. There's two things they do to reduce problems from acid reflux or heartburn. They either neutralize acid with a base. That's what Rolaids, Tums, all of those things are. That's just a okay. base that neutralizes acid. 
we I, I've joked that we could do the same thing for the base in our truck engine. We could crush up Rolades right. or Tums and put it in the crankcase and it would actually work. It would neutralize acid. That's all base does is neutralizes acid. PPIs are very different. Both are bad for you. PPIs are worse. PPIs stop your body from producing the acid in the first place. But they're both ultimately going to set her back a little Correct. bit. Correct. Right. You know, like I was just saying, the dilution of the liquid, it's basically doing very similar, but even a little worse. It's neutralizing that acid, which is what we're trying to avoid doing. We're trying to boost her stomach acid at the times that she needs them to be working, which is during digestion. Okay. So I... I no more times when she has an episode like that and she gets up and it's usually uh, like I'm, I think um, when years ago she, she had an ulcer um, and it's a, it's the upper ulcer, the one right there at the sternum or just below the sternum. Um, and mm-hmm. it's never really healed. She has, sometimes it's fine for weeks and then it'll, she'll get that burning, you know, and a lot uh-huh. of it's when she's laying down on her side and usually her right side. Um, and she'll wake up with that burning, whether it's acid in her stomach or what. So she'll, that's when she wants to do a Tums. But in the protocol, it says you can do a, like some, some protein. Like, are, are you saying like a, a piece of beef jerky or is there something in particular that works the well, best? kind of like a, a couple of things here. Number one, she wants to make sure she's eating at least three hours before she ever lays down. Because the digestive, okay. we don't want to lay down when we're digesting because we've said it a million times. It's a north to south process. And if you're laying, you know, sideways, you are not going to be digesting properly, especially okay. if you're laying on your right on your right side. You know, they, they say if you are going to lay on a side, lay on your left, but still being, yeah, yeah. you know, laying down during digestion, not a good idea at all. So I would first okay. try that. I would try... And, you know, making sure that she's fully digested, digested before she ever lays down or even recline, okay. even a subtle, you know, recline is going to also cause that to happen. So sitting up okay. straight, walk, going for like a 10 minute walk right after a meal is even better. I don't know if it's possible, but that's even better for you. Um, but I definitely wouldn't, you know, and, and it sounds to me like if it's happening when she's laying down specifically, that it is associated with the fact that her her digestive system hasn't fully done its function; it hasn't Digest, cycled yeah. through. Okay. So that that would be that would be what I would really focus on is making sure that she's not laying down. Okay. Okay. Well, then that's that's what we'll do. I just was trying to get her some kind of relief from the. I know we want to get her stop taking those tums. I've been saying it for years. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think if I just remove them from the cabinet behind her head, it might make it a little easier. <laughs> there you go. They just, dis- just, just disappeared one day. Okay. Well then that's the the route we'll go and uh, we'll, uh, we'll just keep doing it. And I, I imagine she's going to make an appointment when the four weeks is up to do a one-on-one is what she said. She's, um, the, the, the other is we're, we're probably uh, get ready to with, um, uh, um, she had a crazy, um, episode the other day where her heart rate got all the way up to 210 um, beats and it lasted about three hours. Wow. Um, it didn't stay at 210 three hours. It got down to like 170 and then it would drop down to 40, do a 50 and 60 and then go back up. 
Um, and this happened a few years ago that we noticed a couple of years ago. Um, we went back on her Apple watch and started looking at a lot of the data that it's always been doing. And it does it all the freaking time, just at the point she never really realized it like 150 or 170, where you don't really feel that your heart rate got up just so crazy mm-hmm. high that you ran a marathon. Um, so, um, we're kind of tracking it now and we got, we're getting ready to get down here and get unloaded in San Antonio. And we thought we would get on and make an appointment, uh, with one of the doctors there at his office and kind of get that looked into obviously, cause mm-hmm. it's kind of scary. Um, Uh, No other problems. No, I mean, like her blood pressure was good, except for during the moment, the the lower number was a little low. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, did she get the COVID vaccine? I'm just curious. No, she didn't. She's we've she's had it like three or four times. Uh, She's had every variant, um, but she's never had. We never had the vaccine. None of us, neither one of us did. Okay, great. So, um, Um, and she had that episode before. COVID, by the way, the first episode, um, we've all, she's always been a sit down person. She sit down in an office. We sit down in the truck. You know, I, I don't know if that, that could have something to do with it. I'm, I'm really not sure, but, uh, this one kind of scared us a little to the point where we need to get her somewhere. And I didn't want to take her to a regular cardiologist. I said, if we're going to do it, we need to just go to the right one and get it dealt with the right way. So, well, if I can um, recall, I, if I can recall, we, you know, we had her and I had spoken about stress. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm curious, it, would you say it could have been like an anxiety type of episode? Well, it, and it's possible because she has had what she calls uh, anxiety uh, panic attacks forever. No yeah. matter the reason why the doctors uh, gallbladder out, they said it was gallstones. Um, this was years ago. She was like 18 years old when it happened, 19. Um, so, but she still has them. So obviously that wasn't it. Uh, they get, she had one not too long ago when we were on the road really bad. And we got to a, a spot to get unloaded. It was so bad. She actually threw up. Um, it gets, she just gets a real tightness in her gut. Um, and, and it's almost like she can't breathe. She starts, she could hyperventilate if she didn't, wasn't careful. She's tried the bag. Most of the time, just a nice heavy pat on the back, you know, the upper back will get her out of it. But mm-hmm. that didn't work this time, and she had to go all the way to where she just threw up two times. And it's not, I mean, if you don't have anything in your stomach to throw up, it's just pretty much phlegm or whatever's in there. So, mm-hmm. but then it just gradually goes away. It sounds like a panic attack. Um, right. Also, what about minerals? Because I'm looking at her chart. I'm, I'm curious. We got to get, we got to get more minerals, you know. Uh, other than the other than the magnesium, and I know she's on a copper. Um, she, we are putting. Uh, we we just started doing the light balance. Um, she says her ever since she's focused going, you know, just paleo and doing your. She's gotten a kind of a lingering headache, which she's kind of wondering if it's sodium. Uh, yeah, let's definitely make sure well, she's let's taking just do, the yeah, light balance. Yeah, and, and we are. We're putting that in with her with her drink. So. Uh, just two two caps every day, uh, and I guess we started to do. Yeah, because you know things like you know blood pressure and things like that. You know, I I first think of minerals, but it sounds like a like panic attack type of thing going yeah. on. What do you think? So Kevin? I wanted to give you a heads up on that that we're definitely going to look into that. I agree on all that. Yeah. So stress protocol could certainly help. Um, 
balancing gut. Breathing. Yeah, balancing the gut. All those things could help. And mm-hmm. I, I, well, we don't deal with a lot of these cases, but I follow a lot of other practitioners. And the mental health issue seems to respond very well with women to carnivore. Yeah. I just see a lot of that. I see a lot of, there are some practitioners that, yeah, yeah, that really focus on anxiety and mental health issues. And and they have a lot of success with pretty strict carnivore. Right. Right. And um, uh, for years with those anxiety things and she has battled uh a mental for for years i mean ever since so, she was a teenager did um, she, she had eventually gotten uh i don't mean to interrupt but i think we might be able to get to something here did she see improvement when she changed her diet at all uh, on on the anxiety uh, as far as what her mental yeah oh actually actually um you know, I, I, probably, I would say yes. And the reason why I would say yes is she, she's not like full-blown paleo or trying right. to eat as clean as possible right. as I am. Uh, she does it with me more than like when she's away from me, she will go off, go off the wall. But that, with that, us, which is <laughs> 90% of the time, 80% right. of the time, she's, she's clean like I am. So but she was on a actual – she was on a mental pill you know, whatever, I can't remember what it was, but it was for bipolar. And we got her off of it almost two years ago. Good, um, good. So gradually got her off and she's been the best since. Here's what we tend to see, that if people make any change to their diet, this usually at least gets a little better. Just eliminating grains sometimes makes it a little better. Eating paleo makes it a little better. Then we see people go kind of low carb paleo. And it gets even better. And then we see them try keto and they see more improvement. But ultimately, I keep following story after story of almost complete remission with carnivore. And it's almost always women. You know, we know that women and men don't always respond to keto, carnivore, these low-carb diets the same. But it seems to be the practitioners that I follow almost exclusively work with women on this. And, and I, hopefully that I would like to see us both go that way. Um, a lot of our diet, what we eat, you know, when we're in the truck, if she makes, you know, um, you know a good carnivore meat, uh, ribeyes or whatever, we've got a little bit of vegetable with it. Or, you know, you we know might what? eat a half a sweet potato with it. Yeah. I would rather just eat the carnivore, but she's big into a little bit of veggie, just a little uh, bit. You know, and that's fine. I, you know, that wouldn't bother me, although... I would love to see her try like seven days. I I think one of the ways people could experiment with carnivore, seven days. If you're strict with carnivore for seven days, we almost always see results. And sometimes they can be pretty incredible in just seven days. What I would recommend to people, plan for this. Like make it an event. It's only seven days. If you can take a vacation, if you could take a week off, the two of you together, plan, buy all the food ahead of time, know what, you know, pre-cook proteins. Pre-cooking proteins is one of the best secrets ever. You know, proteins pre-cook and then reheat just fine. All of them do. So pre-cooking a lot of your protein, two and three and four days in advance. And if you only had to do this for seven days, you know, make it an event and just try it once. Yeah. Yeah. And and you'll know um, within seven days how much it might improve things. Okay. 
we'll give we'll give that a whirl. I, I, I definitely want to get her through this um, PPI kit. Yes. It's a, it's a big yeah. change on her, and that all that well, all those pills are just. I'm just surprised uh, she's done it as long as she has so far and hasn't given up. Yeah, so I I'm like still. I like Lauren's approach. And say, yeah, let's folk yeah. and and okay. you absolutely want to do that before you try seven days of carnivore. The last thing you want to do is try seven Absolutely, days of yeah, carnivore with weak stomach acid. Exactly. Right, right, oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah, that, that would just be like. bad. Yeah. But also, just so you know that the, the following steps. So when you know you're, she's going to do the PPI protocol. We're going to get her digestive system jump started and moving the you know the right way in the right direction. And then the next right. thing we're going to look at is you know, what's going on with the small intestine and the large intestine. And that is where the, we really focus on the microbiome. Are we nourishing it? Do we have the right balance? Then we know that the microbiome is directly related to our serotonin production. You know, our, our moods are hugely swayed by what's going on there. So I just want you to know, and for, you know, you can relay to her that that will be our next step. We just have okay. to start with this foundation in order yeah, to absolutely. I got you. And I know her, uh, your, your talk with her, her hormones is what she's really wanting because it doesn't even give her the energy. She doesn't have the energy to do any type of walking or exercise. I mean, she will do it, but she feels like she lost so much energy from the start of menopause and her estrogen yeah. was up high was her test that she did in the beginning was, uh, she had high estrogen. So, um, getting this taken care of and then taking that step, like you said, uh, it, it's, it's just a long road for her and I want to keep her on focused on one step at a time. A whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. gotta eat an elephant exactly. one bite at a time. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. That was an answer to our questions. So when she wakes up, I'll be able to go over this with her. I appreciate it. Excellent. All Absolutely. Right. Good stuff. Let's go to Florida. Sarah, welcome. Hello. Speaking of menopause, I am listening to the second longest book I have ever listened to, the first being Atlas Shrugged. It's called The Wisdom of Menopause by Catherine Northrup. And I'm picking up a lot of good stuff, and I wanted to share one of them since you frequently tell people, men and women both, about Kegel exercises to help your pelvic floor. Something mm -hmm. she mentions is important, is to make sure you balance it. Otherwise, if you continue to do just Kegel exercises, you will tighten the muscles too much. So you want that to balance it by <laughs> strengthening your glutes with, she said, like three sets of 10 um, squats throughout each day so that you're balancing and you get a full, healthy set of muscles there. So... I'm going to guess for most people, three, ten, three rounds of 10 squats, just going to be body weight squats. Yeah. 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 Just body weight. And the other advantage to doing just body weight, I'm a big believer in you should go deep as deep as you can go and you can push that limit. I know a lot of people with squats are like, oh, you should never go that deep. It's bad for your joints. No, it's really not. We should be that flexible. I don't want to see somebody put 300 pounds on their shoulders and try to go that deep. But you should be doing some body weight squats, no matter how strong you are, just so you can do deep, deep squats. I agree. Sit down on the floor and get up easily without a lot of grunting and hassle. Exactly. Now, once 
once you get to the point where you've been doing body weight squats long enough that they're no longer really effective because you're getting strong, that's where the X3 bar is wonderful. That squats are so nice with the X3 bar because when you go deep, the tension is gone completely. Yeah. So you can do an X3 bar squat, zero tension down deep. That's the whole point. We can go as deep as we want because at that point, there's no real weight or resistance on us. Then as we start to move up through the motion, the tension gets harder and harder. That's perfect for a squat. Right. And, uh, but for anybody who doesn't have the X3 bar, just do a couple body weight squats yep. during the day those heels to make sure you are not losing the benefit because especially good. with us sitting all keeping our pelvic floor in good tone is very important good point definitely very true you learn a lot about this when you're pregnant too so I'll you bet. can absolutely be too tight in the pelvic floor which would impair the you know the exit of the baby so you were very right about it. Yes, you mentioned um, the people in, um, you know, native cultures where they squat a lot. They squat over a hole to go to the bathroom. They squat a lot in their daily life sitting. Those women typically do not have problems with childbirth. That's, you so know, a lot of- that whole issue, We we when you look at hunter-gatherers, they did deep squat a lot. And when I'm talking deep, they're on their feet, but their ass is almost touching the ground. I mean, that's how, and and that would be like- And their heels are touching. Yeah, and that would be like their resting position that they do work in. They they wouldn't sit, they would squat like that. I'm, I'm starting to do it more in the garden. You know, normally if I have to get down on the ground, I usually get down on one knee or two knees, I started doing this just for that reason. I think those deep squats are are natural for us. We should be doing more of those. But I'll tell you, it's hard. If you haven't been doing this, just to get into a deep squat and hold it there while you're trying to, you know, plant something or prune something, it's not easy. It's really not. But, you know, in traveling through Southeast Asia, there I, I can't tell you how many bathrooms I came across that is literally just a hole in, in the ground. Yeah. You have to squat. Yeah. The well, there, there's a product on the market called the Squatty Potty. And we have one. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> supposed to be very good for you. I know. Basically. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. They make beautiful wood ones, too. By oh, the way. do they really? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I want mine so. antique. Yeah, Squatty Potty. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think you may be able to find one. (laughs) (laughs) If not, I could make one. They're pretty damn simple. They're so simple. I know. The quality, though, is incredible. That you know, the ones that I keep coming across. Yeah, we were in Wisconsin last week, and my husband had one shipped there because he's like, we have to have one. (laughs) We can't not have one. Yeah. And it was the quality was unbelievable. I was like, wow. I think for you know the other toilets in the house, we might want to order this same one. Yeah. Yeah, the whole squatting yeah, they're, thing they're is wonderful. actually a pretty big issue. And I'm sure when you were in Asia, you see more people squatting. Oh, my goodness. All the women, when they're, you know, if they're doing uh, field work, yeah. they are only squatting. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. 
and, how long, and, and their heels are on the ground. <laughs> and I was shocked at how hard it is. It's so difficult. Yeah. I mean, to be able to get in the squat position with your heels on the ground and your, your, you know, basically your butt bones are inches, about two, three inches from the ground. Yep. It's, it's a lot. Most people can't do that because we just don't have that flexibility anymore, but children can do it and uh, children yeah. do it all the time. <laughs> yep. They and do. Them. Yep. Natural. Pretty cool. Also, you were talking earlier about a making some kind of sleep pod that protects you from things. Didn't the, I forget the name of the product, but didn't you say that the guy who makes the happy light when he was on, um, he said he was making some sort of cocoon for sleeping in, didn't he? Uh, you know, that does sound kind of familiar. Is that Brian from Sauna Space? Maybe I should call him up yes. and ask about that. Sauna Space. Yeah. Maybe that does, yeah, maybe I'll check. He would be a good one to and do it. One he, of, you know, he, he did a ton of research into EMFs for their product. And so, yeah, maybe I'll reach out to him. And then um, one other thing, you can hang up and answer this because it was for the lady with the three kids. You told her you were going to tell her how to make fermented ginger paste. Oh, okay. Thank you for reminding me. All right. I will do that right now. It's really, really simple. Go to the grocery store, buy a big hand of garlic. That's what they usually call it, a hand. Um, I actually bought a lot of bulk ginger and I made a, a ton of this, like a gallon, I think. Um, but you could do it with one decent size hand. You could even do it with a smaller amount. The nice thing about doing a big amount is it's fermented. I still have ginger paste from over a year ago that still tastes good and works good. All you're going to do, I don't peel the ginger at all. I chop it into chunks, maybe one inch squares, and put that in the jar. Pour your brine, standard fermenting brine, two tablespoons of salt to one quart of water. Pour your brine over it. Leave it out as long as you want. Um, it takes about two weeks to get a decent ferment on it, but I've left it for six months. You can leave it as long as you want. Um, the longer you leave it, the easier it is to blend and the better the texture of it gets and it gets more and more probiotic. So uh, if you want some right away, I would make two batches or make one big batch and then you can just take some out after a week or two and start using it and leave the rest to ferment or make it and then leave it to ferment. And what I mean by that is at some point, you're going to take that that ginger that's been fermenting and that brine, and you're going to put it into a blender. I always like to start with about half of the brine and then add it till I get to the consistency I want. So you're going to blend it into a paste. And then if, if it's fermented enough for you, you could just stick it in the refrigerator at that point. It's going to last, like I said, over a year or leave it out and let it ferment more as a paste. That works too. Uh, then anytime you want ginger for anything, cooking, this is awesome to cook with. It's like ginger on steroids. The fermentation process makes it more flavorful and we get all the probiotics or it's really good for nausea. Um, ginger's one of the more powerful uh, anti-nausea uh, nutrients you can take. So it's good for that, it's good for cooking. Um, It'd be great for this tonic that I was telling her about. Yeah. 
ginger is like a superfood for sure. It really is. Got some pretty powerful uh, components in it, and having that ginger paste around is really nice. I honestly, I do it mostly for cooking. I, it does help my nausea, and I said I'm yeah. more prone to nausea. So for me, I'll just take a teaspoon of it, dissolve it in just enough water that I can swallow it, and it, it is pretty strong. It's it's powerful stuff, but. Uh, it impacts nausea almost immediately. Not nearly as good as cannabis, I wish but I a lot of our drivers can't use cannabis, so. Yeah. Hmm. Wish I would have known this in my first trimester, Kevin. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. I know. Yeah. That All was right. a brutal one. <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, let's go grab another call. Let's go to Indiana. Jeff, welcome to the program. Yeah, I've been uh, doing uh, your your protocol here for about 32 months now. So I just want to see if I'm on the right track with my morning routine. I warm up bone broth and then I put a big slab of grass fed butter in it, some light balance, brain octane and a scoop of collagen. And then I whip it up in one of those mixers. And while that's heating up, I take my cardio miracle and I throw a little light balance in that. And I kind of, I don't know, drink or chug the, the cardio miracle. Is, is, and so I'm getting two capsules of the light balance. Am I, am I doing it in the right order or kind sure. of thing? I don't seem to yeah. get any upset stomach or anything. That's the biggest thing here. If it's working for you, then yes, do it. There are no hard and fast rules about this. Um, two capfuls of light balance is actually a daily serving. I only put one in my coffee because that's all I okay. tend to need. Most days, if I use you one, I'm usually fine. But two capfuls is a serving. The new powdered sticks are actually two capfuls in one stick because that is the serving size. Okay. Uh, the Because I've just noticed sometimes if I, get, if I cut back to one... Sometimes at night I'll get a cramp in my calf. So I said, oh, maybe that's, I could, you know, do, nope, do two and I get through the day. That's that's exactly how you do it. If I were still getting a cramp now and then okay. with only one, then I would be doing two. But I do one and it tends to keep my cramps away. If I do zero within about three or four days, I'll start to notice some cramping. Uh, but I usually don't need two. And like I said, if I'm really active, rather than double up on the light balance, I just add the Actimag instead. It works really well for me. The only other thing I see that might be missing out of your morning drink is vitamin D. Um, in the summer, I don't take it, but in the winter, I'll take a, okay. a, a vitamin C with zinc, and then I'll, I'll take a, a 5,000 vitamin D because I, I do get outside. Yeah, the, the reason we use the particular vitamin D that we do, the drops, is because that's dissolved in fat, then we're adding it to our coffee with sure. a bunch more fat and we're sure we're absorbing it then. Okay. Yeah. Maybe next winter when it comes in, I will get some of that. Uh, the, what is it? The DK. Yeah. The DK drops. drops. That's the, the one emotion. I use every day. And you know, I, I, I now spend a lot of time out in the garden with a lot of skin exposed. Now that I figured out, I really don't burn the way I used to. Um, so I, but yeah. I, but I still don't drop my vitamin D completely. I just go from five drops in the wintertime to three drops in the summertime. Okay. So I just didn't know if, if kind of chugging that cardio miracle in, you know, four big gulps within two minutes was, 
nope. if you need it to. Well, because then yeah. I just sip on the bone broth all morning. Yeah, and that's fine. If that's working for you, I would just keep doing it. All right. Well, um, like to con- you know, thank you again. I've been following you, and uh, coming on thirty-two months, and the thirty pounds I dropped in the excellent cold showers, and the planking, and the X three, and the sauna blanket, and all that stuff. I just feel I've just turned fifty-nine, and I feel better than I did when I was thirty. Awesome! I love hearing I love that. that. Yeah, don't you just love that when you hear that, Lauren? Yeah. So, oh, it makes me so and. Happy. It, <laughs> and I heard it from some trucker on the radio. So. Exactly. That's the best part. <laughs> That's the best part. People go, well, where'd you find this out? Where'd you learn this? I go, oh, I just listen to stuff. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain the whole thing if some it, trucker, as you describe yourself, some trucker on the radio. Yeah, it'd be kind of funny, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, so we'll keep up the good work, and uh, if you guys listen out there, support a store, I always do, and Thank Keep you. him going so he, he gives us good free advice. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's uh, let's go to New York. Casey, welcome to the program. Good day. What's on if your mind? If I'm not today? mistaken, I think Bernie San- If I'm not mistaken, I think Bernie Sanders uh, promotes that squatty potty. <laughs> well, good for him. At least he got something right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard him do a voiceover thing on an ad for that. It's yeah, horrible. good, good. Doesn't uh, um, didn't did, just, did Mister Wonderful invest into that? Wasn't it on Shark Tank once? I don't know why I thought Mister Wonderful may have done something uh, with that. Could, could be, I don't could remember. be. I don't. I haven't kept up on that. <laughs> um, just a couple things that as I was listening to other callers. Um, Apple cider vinegar, definitely, and a little bit of water when you get heartburn. I was on pro, uh, PPIs for 20 years. Haven't been on them for four. That works every time. And just to let, you know, uh, promote for that. Um, when I do my light balance, I generally split it one cap in the morning, one cap in the evening. Seems to work good for me. Um, and now to my question, um, we got the uh, sovereign copper, and I've also been taking the copper and zinc from uh, Bulletproof, and I'm just wondering if I should finish the Bulletproof stuff before I start the sovereign, or should, is it okay to take that much copper together, or what? So now that I understand copper better, I understand why there, it's not that the Bulletproof product was bad. It was a good product to use the copper to balance the zinc. That's why we wanted it. I am more of a fan right. now of taking a straight zinc and then the sovereign copper. The sovereign copper is so much more absorbable okay. that I I will probably drop the the copper zinc from Bulletproof and just go with the straight zinc and then the sovereign copper. Now, if you already have the Bulletproof, you carry the straight zinc? use it. Um uh, Lauren, what would be our best zinc product in the store? I got to go look that up. I don't know what I, I, I need to. I, I haven't done that before because I was happy with the copper and zinc from Bulletproof. But now that we have the sovereign copper, right. I really do need to go figure out what I would recommend for zinc. Okay. I'll, I'll finish up the Bulletproof before I start the uh, the sovereign copper. Then. Yeah, I would. Don't, don't waste it. Don't throw it away. Go ahead and okay. finish it up. No, 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 I've been taking it for, well, all through COVID, so, and never got it because I never tested for it, so. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) 
My wife said she got it. She tested for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you don't test, you could just say, no, I never had it. I never had it. (laughs) Wow. So real quick, for zinc, if you're looking for zinc without the copper, um, Taste and Score has the liquid zinc drop that we carry in the store. That's probably your best option. Okay. Okay. Perfect. 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 I'll get into getting that then. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you both very much for everything you do. All right. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. Thanks for that, Lauren. I forgot all about the taste and score stuff. We just talked to him a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah. And, you know, we also carry the taste and score copper. So if someone wanted just to add copper, that's also an option as well. So just thought. Yeah. The difference there, that copper is not going to be nearly as absorbable. It's that whole particle size. Uh, This is why sovereign copper is, is so much better than most copper on the market. Um, and the same thing with their silver, it's that particle size thing, uh, that makes theirs so different. Yeah. So we would use maybe the taste and score copper just to check your copper level. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. All all of the taste and score minerals are, are kind of formulated and designed for the taste and score part, but you can then get that mineral from the supplement may not be the best form of it all the time or the right size or so um with the copper i would definitely either copper or silver i would definitely stick with sovereign yeah all right uh we're gonna wrap this up today um anything else you want to cover i think we covered quite a bit today we did we did whole show considering we just it was a kind of like a free-for-all so yeah i think we're pretty good yeah i need to do another video of the garden because it has changed a lot so the spring garden is virtually over i have a, a small cabbage patch left over and i'm hoping i get a pretty decent harvest out of that since i totally screwed up my first harvest of cabbage so pissed about that man i was so i was so excited about those plants they were so healthy and i love that variety of cabbage and i can't believe i mean they were four to six pound heads and i threw i think 12 of them into the compost oh i bet you won't let that happen again next time you start with the project yeah finish it (laughs) finish the project (laughs) damn it Ah, I know. So um, peas are done. We had an awesome pea harvest this year, and I love garden peas. I'll do those again in the spring. The onion garlic harvest was unbelievable this year. I have the best garlic again. Last year was a bad year for garlic for me. I did not get a good garlic. I don't know what I screwed up last year. This year, beautiful garlic harvest have tons and tons of onions. Um... What else have we gotten? We did get some cabbage, not nearly as much as I had hoped. Uh, tomatoes. I actually just picked our first cherry tomatoes last night. A, a short variety of yellow cherry tomatoes is ripening. Got some reds coming right behind it. Uh, peppers are actually starting to grow. In fact, um, Angie wants me to prove that I have a giant poblano on a small plant, so I have to go take a picture of it. Um, the other thing that's so different this year in the garden, and I'm actually loving it, and this is why I need a video, you can't imagine the flowers. Oh my God, do I have flowers everywhere. I grew so many flowers this year from seed, just experimenting, figure out. Zinnias are now becoming my favorite flower. 
Wow. There's a wide <laughs> variety that. of zinnias, every color you can imagine, um, different shapes, but they grow, they're easy to grow, and they are really, really sturdy. Like you can cut them for like long stem, like cut flowers, and they are super sturdy. I've never seen a stem, almost like a rose, they're so sturdy, the stem. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, so they handle the wind pretty well in, in the garden, and, and we have just got holler everywhere this year. And bees, I have never—and for some reason, the stuff I planted this year brought in a ton of bumblebees. I have bumblebees everywhere this year. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they they yeah. are just loving it. What else is going on the out there? Bumble. Yeah. They're so fun to watch, too. I mean, they, they actually get they down are. in the flowers and, like, roll around in there. They really do. <laughs> it's amazing. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, so I have a ton of California poppies that I just grow wild. I just scatter seeds out there, and they grow like crazy, and then they reseed themselves. They The bumblebees love those poppies. For some reason, my asparagus. I mean, the asparagus gets these tiny little blooms on there. They're hard to even see them as blooms. They don't look like you would get pollen or anything out of them, but the bumblebees are just all over those things all day long. Oh, and for some reason, they love nice. the zinnias. So between all that stuff I planted, I just have, have just tons and tons of bumblebees, but we've got all the pollinators. We've got hummingbirds, we've got butterflies, we've got mason bees, we've got leafcutter bees. We've got a whole bunch of different kind of wasps. Um, it's just uh, it's just pretty wild out there. That is. All right. Um, well, we are going to wrap this up. We've got uh, just about 45 minutes till we do our Twitter space. I will go ahead and schedule that right now uh, so you can set a reminder. I'll get that done here in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, and then I'll go do a garden walk and relax and chill out a little bit. And then we'll do this again on a Twitter space at 1115. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. All right, let's do it. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.